Good morning, guys. We're continuing on um, after we took a break last week, a much-needed break for the staff. And uh, we're continuing on in our Colossians chapter 3, reading and devotions. And I'll read from verse 1 to 13. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil, desire, covetousness, idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is all in all. Scythian. Sounds like Harry Potter. Scythian. Uh, verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you almost, so you almost, so you also must do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll read that last part again. <laughs> I'll read that last part again. Uh, verse 13. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Amen. <laughs> okay, I love that. I love that verse. I'll tell you why in a second. Um, okay, a couple of things here that we're reminded, uh, scriptures, the Holy Spirit is, is showing us this morning. Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. Um, You've heard me say this before, um, how, how, how vital, how important as a believer, this idea of an eternal perspective. In my, in my opinion, where a lot of believers struggle is there's like this imaginary weight scale, right, values. And as believers, when people put too much weight or value on the things of the world, whether that's career, whether that's your health, uh, whether that's, you know, however many years, you know, we get to live, when that outweighs our kingdom perspective or our eternal perspective, we're, we're, we're off kilter, we're, we're, we're not centered. You know, same thing. You guys have been praying for me for a long time. You guys know, you know, at, at times I have issues with my equilibrium, right? Once, once my equilibrium is off, 
everything, it affects all my bearings. Does that make sense? I have a hard time seeing things. I have a hard time focusing. Spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, same thing, same thing. On the other end, on the other end, I'm sure we all also know people who are like, um, I should be careful how I say this, like, you know, Paul mentions it, like, you're like living in seventh heaven. <laughs> you're, you're only in the spirit realm. And so, you know, you can't go to one extreme where like you forget to eat, you don't take care of yourself, you know, basic responsibilities and things like that. So, so I fully understand that there's a balance, right? Eternal perspective, yet at the same time, you know, we want to be diligent and responsible for the things that God has given us. But let me say it this way. If you're going to err, right? If you, if, you know, if, if there's no perfection, if you're going to err, err on the side of the Spirit. Err on the side of eternal perspective. Um, I, I, I forgot who said this, but I, but I heard this quote somewhere. I, I think it was a missionary you know, uh, maybe maybe some 50 years ago, had written a book, and and basically this missionary pastor said, I, I just don't see how any believer, any believer could really devote and follow God without, if without an eternal perspective. That that component, that idea, you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstance you're going through, no matter what hardship you're going through, to see that circumstance. Twofold, one, through the lens of Christ, you know, how would Jesus look at and process the situation? And then two, in the light of eternal perspective. I think sometimes, um, you know, I, I, often, I often refer to the devil as a, as a bully, you know, and one of his biggest tactics is time. He often, he often will use the tactic of now, 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 you know, you have to do something now, now, now. Or you don't have enough time, um, you know. He pressures us, you know, whether it's uh, a certain place in your career that you would like to be at this point, you feel like you're running out of time. Whether it's uh, uh, relationships or marriage, you know, you feel like you're running out of time. Whether it's having children or, or future retirement, you, you you know, the devil crafts and uses the, uh, you know, he weaponizes time, you know, and if he can get Christians. And believers, you know, men and women, brothers and sisters who love the Lord to feel like, to, if, if he can get in their heads to make them feel like God's not responding fast enough. God's not doing what he should be doing. And that sort of time pressure, then, then he can oftentimes manipulate and cause us to make decisions um, that aren't really spirit-led or aren't really uh, uh, maybe, you know, something he intended. And we see examples of this all throughout scriptures. God has a plan. God has a will. He asks Abraham to trust in him and wait and just believe. And, you know, in the interim, you know, you have a relationship with me, but things don't work accordingly or to the timing. And so then they take matters into their own hands, Abraham and Sarai, and then they have Ishmael. And to this day, that decision to this day haunts Israel and, and opposes, you know, the purpose and the will of God even to this day because of one period of, or decision because what? Because God's not moving. Because God's not fast enough. Because God's not doing what he said he would do. And so oftentimes, those are the places where we feel pressured. And I just want to, you know, give you guys some empowerment. Like, no. Like, time is not my God. Right? I'm not bullied by time. I don't make decisions because I feel pressured by time. We make decisions 
you know, based off of what we feel the Spirit and what God is leading you, no matter the circumstance, no matter the circumstance. So uh, eternal perspective, you know, uh, uh, scriptures reminds us this morning of dying to self. Um, dying to self uh, is not a one-time decision. Dying to self is not a decision that we made, you know, five years ago or 15 years ago when someone gave us an invitation to follow Christ. I want to uh, um, charge you and challenge you this morning that this idea in the scriptures where it says, um, therefore put to death the members which are not, you know, basically of the flesh, things of the world, that this is a daily dying. You know, um, I, 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 there's a quote, the problem, you know, the scripture says that we're living sacrifices, right? We're to, to give ourselves as living sacrifices. You know, everything we do that we do unto the Lord is an act of worship. So, you know, living sacrifices. Um, and then someone said, the problem with living sacrifices is they keep trying to get off the altar. You know, there's always this wrestling and this battle. Um, and so I want to just encourage you and remind you guys that, you know, following Jesus, that being a living sacrifice, that dying to ourself is not a one-time commitment. It's an everyday commitment. It's an everyday I wake up and this morning, Lord, I die to myself. This morning, Lord, I, I, I die to the anxieties and to the pressures and to the circumstances and to the push and the pull. You know, Lord, I come to you first. Um, and so it, it begins every morning. It's kind of like, um, I think a good, you know, uh, example or an idea would be like marriage. You know, marriage isn't like people make such a big deal about the wedding day. I mean, they put so much enormity and resources and time and all the stress and, you know, into this one day where, you know, you come together, holy matrimony, uh, uh, covenant, and, and you say, I do. Um, and so the idea that you're married just because on that day, you know, you said you, you made a commitment. But the reality is, is every day you wake up, you have to say, I do, you know. Sam, will you help the kids wash up, all five of them? I, I do, <laughs> right? You know, Sam, will you, you know, clean up, uh, you know, do the diapers, and will you help out with the laundry and dishes? What? <laughs> you know, I, I do. Every day in a relationship that matters, it's a daily sacrifice, it's a daily commitment, it's a daily I do. And the same thing in our relationship with Christ. It's not just a one... Yes, it's a one-time believe in Christ for his gift, eternal, eternal gift, uh, not by works, not by merit, but by God's grace. Yes, that salvation part. But the relational aspect is a daily dying to ourselves. And so we have to have an eternal perspective. There might be something right now that I don't know about, that nobody knows about, that you're going through right now, and you feel so pressured, and there's anxiety, and you feel like you have to act, and you don't know what to do, and your, and your head is spinning. Um, you know, let the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning eternal perspective, right? Take a step back, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to give you a big picture. You know, if you feel pressure to make a decision because of, you know, pressuring circumstances, try to remove that in the Spirit. Say, Lord, okay, I, I don't want to make a decision based off of circumstances. I don't want to make a decision based off of pressure. I want to hear clearly from you. I want to get into this space and this place where, Lord, I feel like you're speaking. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, uh, we won't get into the details, but there are, there are many ways that God can speak, you know, through sermon, uh, through Holy Spirit, through scriptures, through the church, through other people, 
through prophetic. So there's there's a variety of ways that God can utilize and convey his message. Um, I think one of the things that the Lord has been impressing on my heart post-retreat, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I've been in the church long enough to know, and I've been to a lot of amazing retreats, you know, and probably some of you guys have, have you know, done the same. And for some of you guys, it's like, oh, wow, this is like one of the first or handful, it's amazing, you know, you know what, 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 yeah, I wish church could always be like retreat kind of a thing. Um, and, and I always have to pause, and, and I'll probably make a, you know, reminder again this Sunday as well. You know, at the end of the day, we have to cultivate that personal intimacy with the Lord. At the end of the day, we can't rely on the rally. We can't rely even on the pastor. We can't even rely on our house church. Ultimately, the onus lands ultimately in me sitting at the feet of Jesus like Mary versus Martha and having this intimate, you know, personal daily living. Um, you know, we have to be intentional. I think intentionality is important. Um, I love coffee. Man, I was having this talk with uh, Brian. Where's Brian? Did he? Oh, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> hey, Jared, welcome back. <laughs> hey, Kyle. Long time no see, man. Um, and um, <laughs> we were having this talk about various places in the city and our you know, coffees and, and where we like, and we made a short list of places we don't like. And, places. and I honestly told him, I said, you know where the best coffee is? Do you guys know? Honestly, in my, in my humble and modest opinion. I guess it's not humble. I'm, tr I'm trying to be humble and modest. Okay, I, I put in that commitment. But, but I really believe my coffee is the best. <laughs> I make it at home. I, I bought these beans and, and I got my, you know, to my standards, to, to, the, to, the, like, to the likes that I have. Um, and and I, honestly, there's no other place I'd rather go, honestly, genuinely, than to have coffee at home. Um, and maybe it's the company, you know, Annie's with me every, every morning and, and we have a cup for about 30 minutes. We have a wonderful catch up and discussion. Um, but for me to have my favorite cup of coffee, I want you to know, I don't just wake up in the morning in a rush and like, oh, let's, you know, you know, like, like what's, what's available, what's there. I actually, uh, <laughs> you know, there's planning involved. And so I always, the night before, make sure everything's ready. I'm very intentional about making sure all the filters, all the beans, all the tools, all the things are in place because I'm very intentional about this timing and this space, you know, with me and my wife and having this cup. And, and so it's not just, um, you know, what's the word? It's, it's not just uh, flippant. It, isn't, it doesn't just happen. I'm very intentional. I, I, I actually put care. I, I actually cultivate and, and I make sure things are, you know, where they need to be so that I can have this space this time and this encounter with my wife, you know, with the coffee, you know, almost on a daily basis. Um, and I think in the same way, we have to be very intentional, you know, uh, planning the night before, you know, getting good rest, um, you know, taking care of our uh, uh, mental space so that we have bandwidth and always, you know, are fighting for it. I remember Pastor Robert O would say he constantly, when, when he had young kids, he and Pastor Jenny constantly, and this is a word he used, had to fight. Like we had to battle and fight for our times alone with each other and with God. Right? Some things just don't, especially the best stuff and good stuff doesn't just fall in your lap. It's not just automatic. We have to be intentional. And, and he had to fight. He literally had to fight off time. There are demands, there are needs pulling in all directions, work, 
you know, uh, calling, you know, family, kids, health, all these things. And they literally had to say, no, I'm going to fight and carve this time out. Because if me and my wife don't have a, a, a good, healthy relationship, then the family's going to follow suit and, and so forth. And so same thing. we got to fight and make sure we cultivate on a daily basis having this meeting in space, um, you know, a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord, okay? And, I, and I'll close off this morning with this. Um, you know, it goes on to say in verse 10, put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created this, uh, uh, who created him. And then it goes on in verse 12. And if you get a chance, you can read the re remainder verses. But it goes on in, in verse 13. And I, and I love this passage. I love this passage. Um, bearing with one another. Amen? <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to bear with you. Yeah. Bearing with one another. Do you know what that means? It's a nice way of saying, I'm going to put up with you. <laughs> right? And the reason why I love it, the reason why I love it, is because it's in the scriptures. It's built in. There's not this like romanticized like version of the Bible or of the New Testament church. You know, oftentimes people will come and say things like, oh, you know, why can't we be like the early church? Why can't we be like the church in Acts? You know, and, and the kind of where they're coming from is like, like today the church has so many problems, right? But then when you look at the early church, they didn't have any problems. But actually, take a closer look. Take a closer look. Most of what the scriptures is writing about are about problems. Most of what Paul is addressing are about certain concerns or issues or, or cause of division. So Paul has to constantly write, say, hey, guys, 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 let's not get locked in the horns and look at you know, these you know, details. Let's keep the bigger picture in mind, the greater body and the kingdom of God. And then there are some particles and ways that we can work through certain things. And so when I look at the New Testament, I, you know, what I see is all sorts of problems all over the place that Paul has to address. And that's why these letters are being written. He, a lot, most everything, you know, uh, uh, you know, aside from the Gospels, uh, all the epistles are a response to a particular church issue. You know, dealing with uh, uh, governance, dealing with uh, uh, holiness, dealing with sin, right? And so I love it. You know, the fact that the scriptures reminds us that as believers, we're going to have some run-ins. As believers, we're going to have some disagreements. As believers, you know, there's going to be some broken relationships. And so, scriptures and God's divine wisdom preempts and says, in the midst of all this, in the greatest hope, in the life, new life that you have, in, in the resurrection and all these things, hey, don't forget you know, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you almost must do. I'll give you guys a little bit of a insight, you know, on some of the things I struggle with and, and what I feel like God is doing. Um, it used to be, you know, maybe early, you know, I've been, I've been pastoring now, as a, as a pastor since, well, I guess I've been an associate pastor since I was 22. Um, almost 26 years, you know, of, of, of full-time ministry. And as a lead pastor, probably since 2011, right? So about 17 years is that? 
right? Is that good for Moss right? <laughs> it's too early for math. Yeah. As a lead pastor, right? Uh, uh, five years, uh, four years in Beijing, and then uh, seven years here. Okay, so whatever that is, 12, 12 plus. Um, and I used to put a lot of pressure on, you know, building or wanting to have a perfect church. You know, I would put a lot of pressure on, on relationships and making it so that there's no problems. You know, I just kind of want to remove obstacles. I want to position the church where everything's smooth and the way that, you know, that, that I think, you know, I just want harmony. I want peace. Um, but then I, I'm, I'm learning sort of the hard way that it's not about preventing bad things from happening as much as I love the church and don't want bad things to happen in the church, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. But actually what God is showing me is even in the midst of brokenness, even in the midst of things that are completely out of my control, even if there may have been a handful of things that maybe could have been done to prevent, you know what I mean? I mean, you can imagine that rabbit hole and the mind just goes off on all sorts of tangents. It's really often more about how we respond to a, a difficult situation or to a broken relationship. How we respond to that oftentimes is where all the grace and where the presence of God and the kingdom of God you know, allows us to really experience God's grace in those places. And, and so, you know, there's, there's diligence, there's responsibility and all those things, but sometimes, and if I can just take some pressure off you guys, there's certain things that are out of your control. There's certain things, no matter how much you planned or prepared, that there may actually have been nothing you could have done about it. And I just want to encourage you guys, instead of putting such pressure on yourselves and kicking yourselves in the butt or just racking your brain on what, you know, you know, how, what is the most godly and Christ-centered way to respond to that situation? Does that make sense? Right? What is, what is the, you know, knowing that Jesus knew, that the, that the early church knew that there are problems and that we'd always have to continue to mend relationships and always encourage people, the big picture rally, you know, for the kingdom of God, that in the midst of that, God had made provision, and and I won't get into it right now. But communion is a big part of that. Um, I, you know, uh, I can probably think of two times, two times, where uh, uh, once I was like, "Oh man, I don't know if this communion thing is gonna work." Isn't that isn't that crazy? What do you mean it's not gonna work? It's not even about you. It's about Jesus. I, I mean, the thought came in, and the second time where I was like, "Dude, I'm not taking communion. I'm so pissed." <laughs> uh, should I tell you that story now? No, I'll tell you another time. Okay. Um, but even then, communion ultimately is about putting Christ first and putting his values and his purpose and his mission above our own purpose and our own mission. And so if you can't take communion, that says a lot about kind of where you're at. Like, like if you can't take communion because you have a broken relationship with someone, um, man, there's, there's a whole list of things that I could probably walk, you, walk us through and, and, and things and whatnot. And there, there's been twice where once I thought, I thought, man, I don't know if in this situation this person is, you know, communion is going to work. And, and and that, you know, was amazing to me. And the second one was, man, I was so upset. I, I didn't want to take communion. I didn't want to be a part of the body, so to say. 
And um, maybe I'll share about that next week. Okay, let's bow our heads. Bearing with one another. It's a nice way of saying putting up with one another. <laughs> um, we pursue peace, unity, the greater mission and vision of the kingdom of God. Uh, and in the midst of all this, we are called to be a community, come together. We are not perfect. No one. We all have our deficiencies. We all have our shortcomings. That's the beauty of the body. God speaks, you know, through the community. God speaks through leaders, through individuals, and through the community, and through the scriptures. There's no one way that God can speak. And so we leverage and utilize all the ways that God speaks to the community. And with that, a little bit of salt and pepper preservation. We need grace. We need grace. Uh, church does not work without grace. Um, I don't know how the corporate world or how governments do it, um, but the church does not function without grace, without bearing with one another. Amen? So let the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning. You may be in a situation in your house church with a member or someone in leadership or uh, you know, someone in the past or uh, a, a brother or sister or maybe even in your own household. And can I invite you just to quiet our hearts and whatever the root of your emotions, your anxiousness, anxiety, fear, is it time? Pastor Sam, time. What's up with time, man? What's up with God? What's up with you? Can I encourage you just to, you know, lay off on the gas on that for a little bit and just allow the Holy Spirit um, to speak to us this morning? And, um, you know, where can we give patience? Where can we give grace? Where can we forgive? Where can we, as the scriptures commands us this morning, bear with one another? Bear with one another. Yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. As even Christ forgave us, so we must also do. As even Christ has forgiven us, so we must also do. Don't give the devil a foothold. In your mind, it may appear as a small or minor offense. Nothing but a gnat or a fly. But if you don't resolve it in your heart, those things can fester and can cause gangrene. And then it can infect and then cause an even greater area to be affected in your heart or in your mind. So just bring it all to the Lord this morning. You know, I think, I think let's give thanks to the Lord for His forgiveness. Let's give thanks to the Lord for our ability to forgive others because we both, we all know this is supernatural. And then let's continue to ask God for supernatural strength to continue to love and forgive. And um, yeah, so Lord, we just thank you this morning. We just come before you. Lord, help us to be delicate and intentional and fight God for our times with you. Not to relegate it to, oh, I have some time now. Hey, great. Hey, yeah, I'll spend some time with you. Lord, instead to plan intentionally and to carve out and fight for our times with you for the things that matter. And to be very intentional about hearing from you first 
and surrendering to you on a daily basis, Lord. And so we thank you for that, Lord. Help us uh, as we continue to grow and as the church is growing, we give you praise for that, uh, to look for the opportunities where we can live out the spirit of one another and loving one another and forgiving one another. We thank you, Jesus. You are the head of this church. You are the, you are the head of the body. Uh, Lord, we submit and surrender to you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, 